Welcome to the Body Positivity Podcast with Diana and Arliss. And we have an amazing guest with us today, Diana. Oh my God, do we, Arliss? LaShonda Rogers is a resident of North Carolina where she resides with her loving husband and three amazing boys. She is the founder, executive leadership coach, and organizational leadership consultant at Rogers Global Leadership Consortium. LaShonda is passionate about creating equal opportunities for others and helping them to achieve their goals. As the founding member of Valence Bonds, she can create leadership opportunities for those that come from impoverished backgrounds and help them to obtain financial security. LaShonda is also the founding member of Tech Ladies and Mentors, Coaches, and helps other women to gain career clarity and grow their tech careers. Welcome, LaShonda. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yes, we're so happy to have you. And I I love to ask this first question. Um, What part of your body has been the easiest for you to love? The easiest for me to love has been, this is going to be weird. (laughs) It has been my shoulders. And so um, I know most people probably say hands and feet, but for me, it's my shoulders. (laughs) So, um, yep. Well, and we have heard almost every single body part you can imagine Uh, (laughs) on this show so far. And why do you love your shoulders? To me, my shoulders represent strength. Um, they're nice and um, and <laughs> they represent strength because for me, um, when I sit, I always sit up straight and even I'm just naturally just straight. And so my shoulders represent the strength that it takes for me to overcome the obstacles in my life. And so I love, um, I love how they stand out. They are strong, and um, when I enter a room, it shows that I'm confident in who I am and what I bring to the table. And so I love my shoulders. I used not to love my shoulders, but I love my shoulders now. So, <laughs> Yeah, when you say that you used to not love your shoulders, mm-hmm. why was that? Um, I used to be really, um, I used to be a lot smaller as a kid, and people would pick at me because my shoulders were broad. And so a lot of times um, girls would say I, I was built like a boy and that they would make um, just um, different, un, un, you know, unhealthy and um, not so nice things. And so it caused me to want to change my posture. And so I would sit like this a lot and it was so uncomfortable. I would sit and I would just try my hardest to not uh, walk in my own strength just because I wanted to fit in and I didn't want people you know, to talk about me. And so, um, but then over time, I began to say, you know what? I'm, I'm amazing. I love myself. There's nothing wrong with my shoulders. No, they're nice and strong and they allow me to carry the stresses and the lows of today. So no, I decided to love every part of me, including my shoulders, and to say, this is not a flaw. This is an add-in. So, yep. Yeah. That's really beautiful. And I think it's really interesting that in our society, we masculinize or feminize things based on size and shape and appearance when female or female presenting bodies come in all different shapes and shapes and sizes and male presenting bodies come in all different shapes and sizes. And 
Um, and even though your shoulders were broader, and by the way, I've always had broad shoulders myself as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure that they fit, they fit into that range of, of what female presenting bodies look like. And anyway, I just think it's really interesting that you, that you said that, that people thought it was masculine to have broad shoulders. And I've definitely heard that too in my past. Yeah. Especially my family son, because a lot now my entire family is military. My grandparents, my mom, my aunts, and all of them. But myself and my mom are the only people that have really broad shoulders. And so, based off societal norms, my, the rest of my relatives and other women I've seen, they don't have their shoulders aren't as, aren't as broad. And so I will, I stood out because you know, like you said, society norm says men are the only ones that have broad shoulders. Or you must be taking um, steroids or something because you're built, women aren't built that way. And I just think that it's those biases and those stereotypes that do a lot of emotional harm. And it causes a lot of people to not truly embrace who they are and how they are created. So. I'm curious, LaShonda, did, how did your mom feel about her broad shoulders? Like, Do you remember when you were younger? Did she love them? Did she accentuate them? Or did she kind of hide them? No, my, my mom, um, she calls herself a tomboy because she, she, she doesn't like girly, like dressing what the world considers girly. My mom does not. She lifts weights. She bench presses. And so she would lift weights and things to accentuate those, you know, to accentuate her shoulders because she was confident in how she was created. And to her, it made her feel and look strong. And so whereas I had the opposite effect, she just embraced it and used it as um, inertia to 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 insinuate what she already had. And so, yes, I remember as a kid, she'd walk around and say, look at me, I'm strong, I'm strong. <laughs> and so, you know, um, again, that that's how she um, she embraced how she how she was created. So. I love that. Uh, do you think that that had any impact on how you came to love your shoulders and, and your strength? Because I hear I heard you mention, you know, your own strength, your own resilience, your own power as de- as demonstrated in your shoulders. I would say not necessarily my mom, because um, my mother was in the military majority of my life. And so she um, spoke to me a lot. But I think for me, it was therapy, to be honest with you. Through therapy, um, I learned to love myself. Um, I dealt with a lot of the negative connotations that I had been taught as a child about how women should look and then in my environment, how I should carry myself. And learning that those are personas and those are people's own, um, their own thought processes and their own point of views, they don't have to be mine. And so through my own healing and learning to accept myself and um, embracing who I am, I was able to, that's how I got to the point of loving myself. So including these shoulders. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. And it co- brings us to our next question, which is which area of the body has been the hardest to love? Honestly, I would say for me, the, I would say it's hardest to love. It's a little difficult because how um, what was done to me as a child, and so for some people this may be a little, um, a little, a little. So I'm going to say maybe a trigger warning 
but I have two. So the first one is my hands and I'm showing the world my hands because <laughs> they're mine and I love them. You know, they're mine. I can't do anything about it, but at times they are a challenge because as a child, um, like I said, my parents were in military. So I came to North Carolina to stay with my grandparents when my parents considered the military. My grandmother's child would make me stick my hand in the fire. And, um, and she used to have like first pig feet and things, and they call it burn the hair off of the pig feet. And she would have me to take my hand and turn it over in different meats and my fingers would burn. So as a result, certain parts of my hands are darker. And so they're not ugly. They're, they're beautiful, but I have tried to lighten them. I have tried to bleach the parts that are darker because of what was, you know, because of how they look. And so at times, um, I don't do as much to them like the rest of my body. I may not put as much lotion and don't judge me, <laughs> you know, but you know, to me, they look the best when they're painted. Um, when they're not painted, I, I, I'm not that, um, I'm not that <laughs> taken by them, if you would. So these are the most challenging. And again, that goes back to my childhood. So, yep. Safe space. Being yeah. honest here. Yeah, you you said you had two. So that your hands. Yes, two and um. Okay, this is weird. The, the, so it's how. I, so it's my butt. <laughs> it's the most challenging, and and I would say for me, it's only because of um how I was treated my entire life. And this again, may, I'm gonna say maybe a trigger warning, but I dealt with a few things in my childhood, and even as an adult. And so people are always comment on my butt, you know, especially men um, comment. And so it made me uncomfortable. Like, and so even in corporate professional arenas, um, supervisors things would comment on me trying to show my figure or say I was trying to get attention, but I can't help how I'm shaped. And so um, a lot of times what I would do at work, I would never wear my shirt tucked in my pants. I will always wear a long sweater to hide my shade or I'll keep a coat on so people wouldn't say that I was trying to get attention or trying to entice people. But now, now I would say it was their own bias. I'm coming to grips with, hey, this is this is my body. This is my butt. It's how it is. I'm not going to hide it. And so as of a month ago, I found it to the point I'm not hiding my butt. I'm no longer wearing a sweater in the winter. <laughs> looking crazy because you have a problem with how I'm shaped and I'm, I'm sad that it's taking me this long. And so even though I don't, I don't hate it. It's just a little challenging because at times when I'm walking a certain functions, I wonder, okay, are they going to judge me because of how I look? So, and we can expound on that as much as you would like to. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing both of those. Um, I'm curious about your grandparents, like what was the, what was the kind of rationale maybe, or like, what, what was it that they were trying to achieve by, by burning your hands? That, that sounds so painful. To be honest with you. Um, so I, I'm not, I'm, I'm a, and I am putting myself out here and it's okay. It's a safe space. Um, my sister and I have different, um, fathers. And so when I came to North Carolina, I was treated different. 
um, because of my dad and his family. And so I, they would do things like that to me. They would have me to like, um, she said she didn't know that I was just burned the hair off of me, but I could have used some prongs or something to turn it over. Like I didn't have to use my hands, but um, I just think it was just mean um, to try to, to be honest with you, try to darken my skin. That's another, that's a whole nother topic because I am the lighter out of my mom's side. And so they did a lot of things to me to keep me in the sun. And again, all of this contributed to me not really liking certain parts of my body or even myself at certain points of my life. Yeah. I can only imagine like how difficult that was to be treated differently than your sister, to know why you were being treated differently. And I mean, I, I don't know if you find that the word abuse is too strong, but that's what that's what that feels like to me. Yeah it, yeah, it was. Um, even I was telling my husband about how I remember my sister trying to stab me with a butcher knife and my grandmother pushed me out there for her to stab me. And I'm like, who does this? Like, And so um, as I went to therapy and I got older, I realized I was mistreated as a child. You know, and so we all have our own thought process. OK, this can't be right, but you, you're not really sure. But through therapy, I realized, oh, my gosh, they treated me really bad. And so as a mom, I make sure to do the complete opposite. But, yes, um, it was tough for me. Um, and, again, a trigger warning. Um, as a result, it left me to um, wanting to be suicidal, not wanting to be here, um, for, um, having relations, letting people take advantage of me. Um, and so things of that nature. Yep. I went to unmute myself and and it jumped away from me. You know, one thing that I found really interesting about when you were talking about not liking your butt, but coming to a place where you're not hiding it anymore. I think it is so interesting that people are are feel that they have a right to comment and make um, assumptions about our body parts. Mm. And as a really curvy woman as well, and I was really curvy um, and had breasts and a butt mm. about the time I was like 12 years old, you know, 10 years old, 12 years old. Um, I think that it's really interesting that people feel like they can comment and make assumptions and derive all this story around what the showing, not even showing, but having that body part, even clothed means to the outside society. Um, and it's kind of ridiculous, isn't it? I mean, if we think about it in that context alone, it's ridiculous. It just, it, and it like angers me that that people feel like they can do that. What are your thoughts on that? I agree. So I remember going shopping with my mom and she would not let me wear certain clothes because of my body. It's like she wanted me to hide my body. And that, so I, as I think about it now, that was unhealthy because instead of me hiding or she would buy me pants that are too big. Or she was, she would, I would try on clothes. I can remember like it was yesterday. I would try on clothes. She would say, turn around. Okay, I can see your butt. Oh, let's take that off because you look like one of those girls. 
So I'm like, who says that? And so now that I'm older, I'm listening and I'm thinking like, oh my gosh, what she should have said was, no, we're not going to buy you clothes that are two sizes too big. You're going to wear, you know, whatever you want to wear, we're going to wear it. We're not going to hide how you're created. You know, love your curves. Nothing wrong with your curves. You know, people should respect you. People shouldn't be allowed to touch you. Because these are conversations that were not said. And so because I had curves, like you're saying, people, especially men, felt the need to touch me and to say things because I had breasts and butt at 13, you know, and because I couldn't really say anything, my grandmother comment was always, well, you must have asked for it. You know, and so as I think about, you know, people who um, who don't have a chance to get healing and how their life spirals down because of stuff that's done to them as a child. You know, it makes me it makes me sad and angry because no one should feel like it's okay for people to touch you, to make you feel bad because you have breasts or a butt, or even a comment because you don't have enough. Like I heard comments growing up, oh, you don't have enough. What the heck? <laughs> because they weren't big as some other family members. They were calling on like just picking on me. You know, and so things like that as well caused me to number one, not really want to figure about my body, not to want to learn about how I do self-exams because of that treatment that I received as a child. Wow. Yeah. And I hear from like, from your mother, from your grandparents, like a lot of, um, a lot of like external conditioning that, that basically told you your body was wrong or wasn't good enough mm-hmm. or that there was something that was wrong with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you mentioned being able to be in a place and, and get to a place of greater healing through mm-hmm. therapy. But, you know, one of the things that I, I definitely struggled with in first getting to therapy, because I, I think that therapy makes such a big difference. But for me, like, there was almost a stigma in my family that like therapy wasn't for us, that it was for like rich white folks, you know, or like entitled people uh, with, you know, who had nothing better to do. And I'm curious, like, how was it that you were able to get to a place? I I don't know if you had that sort of experience. Um, I'd love to hear like, what, what was your journey even towards therapy? Cause I think, I think there are probably, you know, there's probably somebody here listening who's like, yeah, like, you know, I, I didn't even realize that like something was wrong. Cause that's, that's also what I'm hearing is that like to you, these things that were happening to you, they were a way that conditioned you to believe like, this is the way that the world is. So how did you start to break free from that, that thinking like, and start to realize like, I, I don't know that this is right. And I, I might need some external support in understanding this. There were two things, um, or two people and two events. The first one was my husband. <laughs> he was my friend at the time. I didn't even want to be his girlfriend or wife, but I would have conversations with him and he would say, that's not, he said, that's not right. And I would say, no, it's normal. He said, no, it's not okay. And so um, when I was working at a, a, a company, my company had ERG, you know, employee resource groups, and we had a benefit of free coaching calls. It was a benefit. And so um, I had signed up because, of course, we got compensated for attending, long story short. And so during my coaching session, the um, coach, um, she sat back and she said, LaShonda, do you realize that you are a product of abuse? 
and control. She said, your entire life, from what I'm hearing, your parents and guardians have controlled you and manipulated you. And of course, in the beginning, I was like, no, no, it can't be. Because again, I was used to it. I had been conditioned to it. So I didn't see it. But as I kept doing the exercises, as I kept doing the homework and attending the sessions, my eyes came open. Like, oh my gosh, this is not okay. And so she helped me to number one, identify, number one, to number one, to accept, hey, look, yes, this is me. Now that I've acknowledged this, let's start the healing process. And so once I learned how to accept it, I then began to put boundaries in place. Um, to number one, to not allow my mom to continue to do the things that she was still doing to me, and then as well as others. And then I learned to, again, love myself. She helped me to really dig down into why I didn't like my shoulders, why you know, why I didn't like my, my butt, why, uh, why did I try to, again, trigger, why did I try to take my life? And so as we began to dig into those deep areas, um, it unlocked something in me. And I said, you know what? I'm better than this. I don't have to accept this. You know, she's my mom. You know, she's my grandmother. I can say no. I can hang up the phone. I can say I love you, but I got to protect my peace and, and go about my business. And then not give it any more energy. Meaning not, not talk about it, not think about it. Just let it be. And so for me, that was the hardest part because it was family. But when I began to truly just set those boundaries, mm-hmm. my life began to change. I began to love how I looked. I began to get manicures. I don't do them a lot, <laughs> but I also do get nails done. I started wearing shorter dresses. What? <laughs> I would always wear long dresses and because, again, how I was raised. No, I decided I'm going to show these legs. And so I wear my short dresses. I finally brought a two piece. And so I'm at a point in my life now that (laughs) I am loving the skin I'm in. And this has been the best eye-opening thing in my life to really love me. You know, without, no matter what society says I shouldn't wear or where I shouldn't go. I'm doing whatever the heck I want to do and wear what I want to wear. And I'm going to love myself while I'm doing it. Yeah. You know, two things that you talked about that I really want to kind of dig into if it's okay. Okay. I know that um, when I, when I started to realize like that some of the things that people were saying to me weren't okay, there was a lot of anger that I felt. Mm So I'd love for you to share a little bit about the anger that you felt. And also I'd like, I'd like for you to share if you would like, cause I, I don't know. I mean, going from a person who accepted, you know, having your hands burned and the things that your mom said to going to a place of actually setting boundaries, that also doesn't strike me as easy. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about that? Like the anger, the boundaries? Sure. Oh, so I'll start with the anger. I was really upset when I acknowledged it. Um, but my mom, uh, where my grandmother, she passed. So we never really got a time to, to chance to talk about it. Um, but my mom is still in denial. She's really religious. And so in her mind, she's done nothing wrong. Even with stuff that um, was done to me as a child that I know for a fact she saw, but she was in, she was there. She would not accept responsibility. And so with her, I had to love her where she's at 
and not try to force her to be something that she cannot. A lot of times we want people to just say you're sorry, acknowledge it. But if they won't acknowledge it and come to the grips of, okay, I caused this. This is my fault. Okay, but how can I begin the healing process? It's no point because then it'll just be fake. She'll apologize and won't really mean it. And so I was really angry because, so I've buried a lot of stuff from my childhood, but through therapy and counseling, it came out. And then my uncle finally told me a lot of stuff about my childhood and my mom. So when I brought it to her, I was really angry, like you were saying, angry and furious. I didn't want to talk to her. And when I, and so, of course, she denied it. And I just got to the point, you know what? I love you. You're never going to accept it. You're never going to say you did it. And it's okay. I forgive you. And I told her, I said, I forgive you. And it's not even for you. It's for me. I need closure. I need healing. And as long as I keep holding on to the hurt and the pain, I'm never going to be free. And so the moment I decided to fully forgive her and not be mad, my life changed. I can talk to her now and don't even bring it up. I talk to her, say, I love you. We hang up the phone. And so um, that's how I deal with the anger portion. Um, the second question, <laughs> um, boundaries. Oh my gosh. So that was a process and that was a journey uh, within itself. And yeah, you're right. It wasn't immediate. But it took some it took some time. And even now it still takes time for me um to really just cause it's family as friends. But I'm at a point, I think by me studying yoga as well. I was getting my yogi certification. And so that helped me because you have to go through a whole personal journey. And so through that journey, um, it helped me to release a lot of negative energy, release people, release thoughts, release people that were holding me back. And so that's how I was able to just forgive and to just say, okay, you know what? It happened. It doesn't have to be my future. I can go on and have a healthy life and not dwell in the past. So. Thank you. And I hear you setting those really strong boundaries with people in your life. Do you feel like setting those boundaries is an act of self-love? Oh, yes. Yes. I had to because I was so depressed and my husband kept bringing it to my attention. <laughs> Disclaimer, he doesn't talk to my mom. <laughs> and so because um, he helped me to see it, he said, Shauna, you can cut her off. And I didn't think I could because she was my mom. Even family members, they would cuss at me. Like my mom always calls me names and she still does it now. I just hang up the phone and tell her, let me get off the phone. But I would be crying. And he and he said, Shawna, you've got to start saying no. You can't. He said, because when you talk to her and then he said, you hang up the phone, we're feeling the after effects. You're crying. You're sad. You're depressed. He said, your whole attitude shifts and it affects the entire home. And so I had to, and I told her, I said, I love you, but I cannot allow you to affect my peace. I said, and when you start yelling at me, call me out my name, I'm going to get off the phone. And of course she yelled when I told her that. <laughs> and I said, okay, I love you. Talk to you later. And I hung up the phone. But you know, sometimes people, there'll be some pushback and you have to allow them that space that they need as well, because they're not even mad at you. They're mad at themselves. 
deep down inside, they know they've hurt you or harmed you or have somewhere not um, did what they should have done. And they don't want to face that. And so they, they perpetrate all that negative energy towards you. And so you have to decide to be the positive light and say, you know what? I love me and I love you too. I'm going to let you go. And so there may be two months I may not talk to her and it's okay. But like you're saying, it's true. It took a while for me to get here because I would find myself dialing her number, even though she just called me a derogatory name. I, I would call her and I had to hang up. I said, no, LaShonda, you've got to set boundaries. You've got to love yourself enough. And I think for me, what the really moment was, I'm a mom of three. And so my thought process was, what are you teaching your sons? Your sons hear her talking to you this way. What kind of example is it okay for someone to talk to them that way? Better yet, can she talk to your children that way? What are you teaching them? That was an eye opener as well. So, yeah. I love that. And, you know, I, as you were speaking, I was thinking, gosh, like, you know, you'd mentioned your kids and, and that you're a mom. And I was curious about like, like how you choose to parent based on, you know, cause I think you said like, you know, you choose to definitely be a different kind of parent because of that. And I hear that as part of your healing journey and also you kind of breaking that generational curse of, mm-hmm. of abuse and all of that. And I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. Yes. For me, I decided, I remember as a child and this is, this is so, and I, I'm, I think, and I want to say thank you for this. Thank you for this podcast, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. I'm going to go deep for a moment. Um, My whole life has been child abuse, um, different things, physical, sexual, again, disclaimer, um, trigger warning, put it out there. It's been really bad. Um, I've been suicidal, tried to take my life just so much because of my childhood. And I decided when I become a parent, I'm going to give my kids what I never had. My mom has never attended a graduation. She attended my senior graduation because she had to. Um, she attended my college graduation because she had to. But she's never attended an award ceremony. She's never attended my kids' birthday parties. She's never attended a birth. She's never been to my house. My oldest son is 16. My youngest is 10, about to turn 11. She has not been in their life the way she should. I decided to be different. Um, my mom just always yell at me. I don't yell at my kids. If I do, when I have, I sit them down. I say, hey, do you think I, I did? I handled this appropriately. And my <laughs> my youngest, he'll say, no, mom. <laughs> or, or he'll say, no, I actually deserved it. Yes, I, I, I didn't do what you asked. So yes, you should have took my phone. Yes. Yes. I should have went to my room. And so I asked questions um, about how I discipline. Hey, you know, do you think I was too harsh by taking your TV for two weeks? And even though it sounds funny or crazy, I want even with how I talk to them. Hey, did I make you uncomfortable when I asked this question? And I want to make sure that I'm letting them be themselves, not who I want them to be, but who they were created to be. And that's the freedom I didn't have. As a kid, I was told um, I had no voice. I was told that my thoughts were whatever thoughts that the adults had in the room. I was told um, I was always wrong, even when I was right. So I tell my kids the complete opposite. You have a voice. Mom and dad don't have to agree, but we have to respect. We have to respect you. 
we had to listen to you and hear you out. I said, we would never enforce our beliefs on you. And so by me um, doing completely different, I hope and believe that I'm doing a great job. And because my kids tell me things I don't want to know, but I'm glad that they're comfortable. <laughs> they come and just hang out. Even my 16-year-old, he'll come and lay on my shoulder, just hang out. And they just talk to us. And so I use, even with the abuse and things, I finally just told my family, like my kids this year, I told them why I asked so many questions, why I do the thing. Because kids need to know. So many times as parents, we do a bad job of, of hiding. We hide our past from our kids. If we used to drink, if we used to smoke, if we were a dancer, but we hide these things like we're shameful. Why be ashamed of what you've done? You can use your past to educate your kids. And so that's what we did. I educated my kids on why I asked certain questions and why I'm so concerned. And I told them it's because what happened to me as a child. And so no one, no one talked to me as a child about bad touches and what to, like when things happened to me, I was told it was my fault. I was told that's normal. And so again, me doing a complete opposite is hopefully saving my kids' life. It's helping them to be their authentic selves and to help them to make good decisions because of how I was raised as an adult. I couldn't really make decisions in a corporate place. I would always say, hey, well, what do you think? So it affected my decision making. And it's amazing now. I'm so thankful for this podcast because I'm thinking about it now. How me not liking my body reflected to my, my thinking process when I was at work. So concerned about how I look, how I was talking, like, was I presenting myself? Was like, all of that affected how I did my day-to-day job. And so now as a parent, I make sure that my kids are comfortable with their body. If there's something they don't agree, I explain to them. I show them where to look to find out more. And so again, being a formula but supportive parent, I think, has been helpful for me and my family. And I hope I answered your question. I know I gave you a lot. But I just know how to be authentic and to be true. And so I hope it was welcomed. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I, and I know Diana does too. We appreciate so much how openly you shared. And it's when we talk about the hard things mm-hmm. um, that we are able to help people that are in those hard places and help ourselves again when we are in that hard place again, uh, because, you know, healing is not a linear path. We don't just get healed one day and then never struggle with any of this ever again. Mm-hmm. Um, things come up along the way. And, and you talked a little bit about that too in your share. And we get to use the method and tools and support that we give ourselves to then heal more and heal in a deeper way and in a different way. Mm-hmm. I would love to know from you in closing, um, what is one tip that you would give to our listeners who are maybe having some of those negative patterns from the past come back up Um and they need to reconnect with their body, what tip would you give to them to reconnect with their body? I would, one tip I would say is to identify the origin. Where do these thoughts come from concerning the negative, let's say negative body image? Where, 
whose thoughts are they? Are these your thoughts? Are they factual thoughts? Um, are there resources or um, is there a document? It, where's the proof that this is factual? And so really understanding, you know, who these, whose thoughts these are, I really think are really important because they do come back up when it comes to, um, for example, my hands. Are my hands, my hands are ugly. I can't be a hand model. Well, who said they were ugly? Has 10 billion people said they're ugly? Or has one person named LaShonda said they're ugly? Or says she doesn't like them? My husband loves my hands. So, of course, if he loves it, then everybody doesn't think they're ugly. And so by asking yourself, whose thoughts are these? And are they facts? I think it really helps to negate those negative thoughts and emotions that begin to come up regarding yourself, regarding your self-esteem, when you're saying, I'm not good enough, not smart. Well, who told you you're not smart enough? Who told you you're not a success story? Did you tell yourself that? Why did you tell yourself that? There, that, that that's not facts. So. I love that. And I think, uh, you know, you're, you're such an inspiration, such proof that the trauma and the abuse that we endure in life, like we may not be aware of it when, you know, even into adulthood, but it's still possible to change. And it's still possible to break those generational bonds of trauma, mm-hmm. you know, that so that our kids, uh, the future generations don't have that. And one of the things I loved the most that you said was that you share what you went through with your kids. You know, they they know about what you experienced, you know, to the degree that it's safe for them, you know, and of course, like in a way that that makes sense for them to know about, but that you're able to like, let them know that this is why I am the way I am. And this is why I've raised you in this way, I think is just so powerful. Um, And I I imagine, you know, there could be people who want to know more about your business, more about how it is that you help people. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. I am a certified transformation coach. And so um, though I do leadership training, I help individuals who want to grow their career. But I also specialize a lot in leadership coaching. But that leadership coaching, I think a lot of times people hear leadership, they think about corporate, but we're all leaders. If you're a mom, you're a dad, you're leading your home. If there's a student, guess what? You're leading your class. We're all our leaders. And so I really help people to to really to debunk those negative thoughts that keep us stuck, that tell us that we can't be successful, that tell us we can't make a million dollars, that say that we're not beautiful. And so I help people to to really just love the, love the skin they're in and to debunk all those negative thoughts that hold them back from the real them they were meant to be. That's amazing. That's amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. We're so grateful for all that you shared. And I know that what you shared is having an impact on the people out there listening today. So thank you so much. And that brings us to the close of this amazing podcast. Thank you for having me. And again, this was, this was therapy for me. Because it allowed me to share, you know, and I hope, you no, know, hopefully by me sharing my heart, it inspired someone to truly love the skin they're in, to know that they're amazing just the way they are. So. Yes, absolutely. We're so thankful for you, LaShonda.
And thank you for listening to the Body Positivity Podcast. Stay subscribed for more body love, inclusivity, and respect for ourselves and as LaShonda shared, for others.